0: Hey, what is up, guys? Welcome back to another Worship Wednesday right here on the podcast. And uh, I just want to take a minute right off the bat to say I'm sorry, man. I haven't been with you guys in uh, consistently, consistently, anyway. And it seems like a couple of weeks. But um, as you know, if you follow our ministry at all, I've been on the go like nonstop, and uh, literally like within a matter of a few weeks. I went from being in you know, Alaska to Detroit, to South Africa, to uh, West Virginia, to North Carolina. Um, now I'm in West Virginia again, back home to Florida. So literally within the last few weeks, been all over the world without uh, a break. And um, so just the travel schedule has made it a little bit heavy, but um, I really, I do not like to be away from you guys for too long I like to stay with you and be consistent on these and really in the last two years or so I really haven't missed any um, so I uh, I apologize for missing these last couple of weeks but we're back at it again it's worship Wednesday I'm glad to have you listening I'm here currently um, in West Virginia camp meeting and it's been a powerful week already I can't wait to see what God's gonna do for the rest of the week but I have something for you guys today that's going to seriously, uh, open your eyes to some things that have to be in place. They must be in place, um, for you to succeed, um, in your life of worship. And that's not just for people that are singers or, you know, band members, people that are, you know, part of the tech team or worship team, lighting team, whatever. This is for every believer, because this is something that has to be in the life of every believer in the proper order before God can use you. And obviously your desire should be that God does use you. Uh, You're created to be used by God to do great things for the kingdom of God. So obviously that should be on your list. You want God to use you. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord when he delights in his way. So when you make a choice to dedicate yourself to the way of God or the will of God, then God will order your steps properly. And so we want the help of the Lord with everything we do. But what ends up happening sometimes is many people, uh, maybe because they haven't been taught or they just don't understand the word of God, they go about it the wrong way. And because our flesh really loves recognition, see, this is something you always have to keep in mind. Your flesh is constantly battling the desires of your spirit. That's found in Galatians chapter five and verse 17. Paul, the apostle, taught that to the church. He said that the flesh is at war with, or one translation, the King James says, lusts against the spirit. So the spirit has desires, but again, the flesh also has desires. And those two forces are constantly fighting each other and trying to do what they want to do. But you begin to understand that there is Something we can do about that, we can take control by the power of the Holy Ghost and put our flesh under submission or subjection to the power of our spirit man. And Paul said that he had to do that on a daily basis. If you listen to the podcast for any uh, amount of time at all, I'm sure you've heard me reference that fact, found in 1 Corinthians 9.27 that Paul said that he had to put his body under submission or subjection on a daily basis, and there's a good reason for that. If you don't do it, your flesh will overtake you. And although you are a Christian, your flesh will end up ruling your uh, actions and, and take those desires, will end up being your desires. And so as a result, you have to learn how to subject yourself to the things of the Spirit and then as you're doing that, you've got to learn that God has a plan for your life and that the, that the devil also has a plan for your life. And you've got to learn how to submit yourself to the things of the spirit. And when you do, then God can use you in a greater measure. So what Paul was really trying to do was trying to be used by God at the greatest level or measure that he could throughout his life and ministry. So... He said, on a daily basis, I put my flesh under subjection. And so what you need to understand is, as we're moving forward in what I have for you today, you saw from the title that I'm talking about these three things that are levels of leadership that you've got to implement in your life, but you have to implement them in the proper order or they won't work. I started just a moment ago by saying that our flesh loves recognition. So one of the things that you begin to realize as you look at younger or more immature believers is that if they're carnally driven or carnally ruled, then they will attempt to seek out recognition. And unless they have somebody to properly teach them, then pride is one of the things that can overtake someone. And the Bible says in the book of Proverbs that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So when you understand that pride is a destructive force, then you do everything you can to keep it out of your life. And so what the devil tries to do many times, especially with people that are more immature, younger believers, is that especially if they're gifted, as many of you that are listening are, you know, you're gifted, you're talented, but what the devil will try to get you to do is to take ownership of your gift or talent. He'll try to get you to take ownership as though it's you did that or as though, you know, it was your own strength that got you where you are. And then what what you end up doing because of that is that you start to take the glory for your gift. You start to take the glory for your talent, which it didn't come from you in the first place. It came from God. He's the one who imparts to us spiritual gifts, talents, and abilities, so God actually gets all the glory for whatever good thing is happening in our lives because he 's the initiator he 's the one who is the author of everything good in our lives. so pride will actually try to get you to take the credit for whatever gift or talent is in your life or ministry, and then it ends up you know you you it causes you to fall into destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall, pride before destruction. So the devil wants you to be prideful so that you end up in destruction. But see, humility is a key that brings you into overflow, increase, and promotion, and it allows you to obtain your inheritance. The Bible teaches us in the book of James chapter 4 and verse 6 that uh, God resists the proud but gives more grace to the humble. So you can gain more grace from God simply by being humble, by walking in humility. And so someone who is not humble, isn't it interesting that that verse doesn't just say God's disappointed in them. It says that God's actively resisting them. And if God's resisting you, then there's nothing you can do to overcome that uh, resistance from heaven. However, if God is assisting you Then there's no evil force that can stop God's help in your life. That's why Paul said it this way. If God be for us, tell me who can be against us? Because what he was saying was God is the greatest strength in the universe. And it doesn't matter how many devils, demons, people with an antichrist spirit line up against you when God's on your side, you can't be stopped if God's fighting on your behalf. So write this down. If you're taking notes today, God is either resisting you or assisting you. God is either resisting you or assisting you. If you allow pride and, and haughtiness to enter your life, he's resisting you. But meekness and humility are allow him to assist you. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter five, blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. I hope you catch that blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. So that means that meekness is the key to inheritance. Do you see meekness is the key to inheritance. If you want to obtain the blessings and the inheritance that God has set aside for your life as a believer, it's going to take humility and meekness being in your life for you to take hold of those things. And we've covered That topic, you know, uh, in in depth throughout um, these episodes in the podcast, you can always go back and check through um, different ones and you'll see the power of meekness and, you know, all these different things. But I'm just, I'm starting with it almost as a side note to lay a foundation today that you've got to make a, a, a point in your mind to say, I'm going to actively remove pride from my life and I'm going to actively make sure that I am humble and meek in every situation so that I can never be destroyed, so that my my life, my ministry, my calling can never be cut short. And that has to be your desire. So moving in, uh, what I want to talk to you about these three dynamic levels of leadership that you have to have implemented in your life, but in the proper order. And I want to take what I'm teaching you today from... Uh, the book of Hebrews. And if you turn to the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews, uh, some preachers will actually call this the hall of faith. They call it the hall of faith as it begins to list all of the mighty men and women that went before us and did supernatural things uh, for the Lord. And it's interesting that if we start reading in Hebrews chapter, and I'm going to give you the three levels of leadership Uh, in in the body of Christ from Hebrews 11. And I'll start uh, reading with verse four. And the Bible says, It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering or sacrifice to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man. And God showed approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. Now go to verse number five. The Bible says, it was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those that sincerely seek him. And then it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood, this is verse seven. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that that comes by faith. So these three men found first in hebrews chapter 11 i want to show you the three levels of leadership that the devil would love for you to get out of order so that you crash and burn but catch this number one the first level of dynamic leadership that must be established in your life is that abel brought a more acceptable sacrifice than cain so by his sacrifice abel worshipped god the base level of anything that you do for God and for the kingdom has to begin with the foundation of a a life of personal worship and dedication to God. Here's what I was talking about at the beginning when I said that many times if you're an immature believer, there's a problem because the devil wants you to be in a place of pride. So, by a carnal action, most immature people will seek out recognition, which means, especially if they have a gift or talent, as soon as they come into the church, as soon as they get saved, they want to start doing things to be seen. For example, let's just take it in the realm of worship, since we're dealing with that. You know, if somebody gets saved and they're, you know, a great singer or a great uh, keyboard player or drummer or guitar player, whatever you know the temptation is they want to jump right in and start working for God immediately or if somebody's really personable or they really you know they're just really um, charismatic they want to start leading a men's bible study or a women's meeting or you know and they and they're just newly saved you know just coming into the kingdom and so see what ends up needing to happen that often does not happen is that people need time to develop their relationship with God Because every one of us, our base responsibility before anything else is that we be a worshiper. We are called to be worshipers before we're called to be anything else. And I don't mean worshipers on the worship team. I'm talking about personally in our own lives, dedicated to God as worshipers of him, which means we have a personal relationship with a God that we worship on a daily basis. And if you're not worshiping God personally, then you're missing out on what God has called you to be. In the book of Colossians, Paul taught that church that we were actually created for God. I want you to think about that. We were created for him, for him to be used by him and and, and for his own purposes. Actually, God created people, in Adam and Eve, that he could have fellowship with on a daily basis. And the Bible says he would come down in the cool of the day, and he would walk with them, and he would fellowship with them, and he would talk with them. That was God's desire, to create beings in his own image and in his own likeness that were like him, that he could you know walk with, talk with, be with, and really they would spend time in his presence worshiping him. And that's what he wants. That is your very first responsibility. And it doesn't matter what gifts you have. Doesn't matter what talents you have. Those are secondary. What is first is your uh, dedication to worship God. But if you move on further, you'll see that number two, Enoch, the Bible says, walked with God and was not. For the Lord took him. And all he left was a testimony that he pleased the Lord, the Bible says. So the second level of dynamic leadership is that you don't just worship God, but on the second level, you walk with God. And the key here that you need to definitely understand and hear is you cannot walk with a God you don't worship. You cannot walk with a God you don't worship. God will lead you. He will guide you. He will cause you to go places for him, do things for him on his behalf. But that doesn't happen for everybody. You cannot walk with a God that you do not worship. And so everybody wants to begin to walk with God. You know, Enoch, the only reason he could walk with God like that is because of his life of worship with God, his dedication to God his ability to please the Lord. And because he could please the Lord so thoroughly, God said, you know what? We spend so much time together, it'd be good if you just came on over here to heaven and just lived with me forever for eternity. And the Bible says God spent so much time enjoying fellowshipping with Enoch that he just took him. The Bible says God took him and all he left behind was a testimony that he pleased the Lord. So I want you to see this is that God has a plan to, to use you, but he can't use everybody the same which is very sad. It's not that he won't use everybody the same. It's that he can't use everybody the same. And see, the apostle Paul taught this to his son in the gospel, Timothy. When he wrote a letter to him, he said, listen, there are vessels in a house of gold and silver, but then there are also vessels of wood and earth or clay. And he said, some of those vessels are for honor and some are for dishonor. And what he was really trying to teach there is some vessels are used for special purposes and other vessels are used for common everyday use. You know, if you grew up with with parents that were like this, you know, there was a, you know, if you had like special plates or a china cabinet in your house that you could not touch that thing and you didn't, you didn't ever break those plates out, you know, unless it was Christmas dinner or Thanksgiving dinner or like Easter dinner. You did not touch those plates. You didn't even go in that room. You didn't even look at the cabinet. They might break. I mean, they are special set aside utensils for special purposes, for special things Uh, Christmas dinner, Thanksgiving dinner, Easter dinner. And you didn't use them to just eat, you know, pizza takeout or, you know, Chinese takeout. That's not what they're for. They're for special purposes. And Paul was teaching Timothy that if you can keep yourself pure uh, and run from anything that stimulates youthful lust, then God can use you for every special purpose. That's why, you know, if you look at it on the flip side, you know, there are things that you want to do that you want them to be special. And so you do special things at that time. For example, go back to Christmas dinner you know you have if you grew up in a family that did christmas dinners that were important and special thanksgiving dinners that were important and special that's why they bring the china plates out and everything that's why they're not using tiny little you know dixie brand paper plates because it's not for it's not a time for that it's a time for what is special you see what i mean and so so the example is is that they prepare that atmosphere for that special event, because they want to do something that is honorable. And the same thing is true in the kingdom. God said that if you want to be one of those that I can use for every special purpose, then you've got to keep yourself pure and holy. Got to be a vessel of gold, not a vessel of earth or wood. You've got to be somebody that has kept yourself separated from anything that stimulates youthful lust and if you'll do that God said then I will use you for every special purpose I'll use you for my kingdom there won't be any event that'll take place that I can't use you to be a part of and this is what it takes this is what it means to walk with God you're not just worshiping God you're walking with God it's one thing to worship him there's a lot of people that worship him that won't walk with him and that's dangerous. You know, they love his presence, but they don't want to uh, adhere to his principles. Oh, man, that's huge in our generation. There's a lot. We, we I call it a Saul generation. The Saul generation says, uh, I love the music. I love the worship. I love the presence, but I don't want the principles. I don't want to obey the commands. I don't want to obey the word. And so you have a Saul generation that loves to get in, sing, dance, you know, whatever, but does not want to obey the mighty word of God. It's a dangerous place to be because you're in a place where you'll worship him, but you won't walk with him. And if you're going to walk with God, it takes you obeying the commands of God. And so here we have an example. It's not just Abel worshiping with a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. It is Enoch now walking with God and he did it so much and so well that God just took him into his presence and the Bible says all he left was a testimony that he pleased the Lord. So here's the key. You cannot walk with a God you don't worship. But now we jump on to number three, the third dynamic level of leadership And that is this, Noah built an ark. But you understand that was the last example in our three, Noah worked for God, but everybody wants to jump straight to working for God. But I want you to catch this today. You cannot work for a God you don't walk with and you can't walk with a God you don't worship. You cannot work for a God you don't walk with, and you can't walk with a God that you do not worship. So the Bible tells us here that Noah worked for God and built an ark and saved his family and actually saved the families of the earth, you know, after the flood, that through him all the families of the earth were propagated once again and filled the earth And it was because Noah had the ability to work for God. But once again, catch this about Noah. The Bible says, although God had looked through the earth at that time, at the time of Noah, and was so disappointed in the corruption and the violence and perversion that filled the earth, he found a man in Noah that was perfect and upright, that was ready to be used by God that could carry on the covenant of God in the earth. And when he found Noah and his family, he said, see, I can use them for this special purpose to save the earth because they've kept themselves pure. And because Noah and his family kept themselves pure, they were qualified by God to build the ark and to save their generation. So understand it was Noah's purity. It was the fact that he was an upright man that kept him in a position where God could use him to work. So notice this. Noah had already uh, walked with God, and Noah had already worshiped God, which is what put him in position to work for God. And so if you're taking notes, you need to write this down today, is that first you've got to worship God. You've got to be in his presence through praise, worship, prayer, You understand, you've got to stay in his presence on a daily basis. But number two, once you've established that kind of a relationship, you've got to dig into the mighty word of God, and then you've got to obey the word of God with all your heart. It makes you a vessel of gold and silver and not merely vessel of uh, wood or clay, and you are you become a person that God can use in every circumstance and in every event. No matter what He's planning to do on the earth, He can use you to do it because you not only worship Him, but you also walk with Him. When you worship and walk with God, then and only then uh, are you somebody that should be working for God. What ends up happening is if you start to have people that jump immediately into work before they worship or walk, then you have people that begin to fail because they're elevated to a place that their character cannot keep them. Please write that down. If you don't worship and walk with God and begin to work for him, you get elevated to a place that your character cannot keep you. This is why you have people that you'll see throughout your entire life. And it's sad that we see this and we don't wish to see it. We don't, we don't want this to happen. We don't want people to fail. But on the other hand, if they will not do what it takes to properly work for God, the devil has an entrance into their life and ministry and can destroy them. And so what ends up happening is if you don't have that foundation laid of a proper worship and a proper walk, then your work will be corrupted and you'll miss out on what God's called you to do because of the fact your foundation was not proper. This is why I said at the beginning of the episode that you've got to get these three levels in the right order because, you know, our in, in our own hearts, you know, with carnal minds, we'd want to run right in. And jump into platform ministry at our church. So everybody can see us singing or, you know, speaking or, you know, whatever, taking the offering or doing a special or whatever it might be. But see, it's dangerous to jump into a place of work before you've gone to a place of worship and walk. Those two things qualify you for the third. And that's why we've had throughout our generation, many people doing work for God, but you don't see them very long. They actually, their ministry goes away relatively quickly. It's because they've been elevated to a place that their character cannot keep them. Elevated to a place that their character cannot keep them. That's why I wanted to come to you with this episode today on Worship Wednesday and let you know that it is your responsibility not just to work for God, but to develop a worship life with him and to develop a walk with him that cannot be shaken. And when you develop those two things, your work for God will be so strong and it'll be enduring and lasting and your fruit will remain because you've done what Paul instructed Timothy to do, which is stay free from anything that stimulates youthful lust, run from it and live holy and obey the word so that you can be a vessel of gold and silver. I want to pray for you at the end of this episode today and ask God that he would allow your fruit to remain, that you would always be a person who walks for God and with God and worships him so that your work will always be effective and impactful. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, whatever it is that tries to pull them out of their walk with you, or their time of worship and dedication to you, I pray in Jesus' name that you would burn that thing out of their life by the fire of the Holy Ghost. From this day, I pray in Jesus' name that the power of God would come upon their life to do what you've called them to do, but to establish a sure foundation in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it and give you praise and glory that the work we will do for the kingdom will be effective, impactful, and the fruit will remain in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you and we give you praise. Amen. Listen, I want to say this before we go. Worship Summit is right around the corner, May the 7th through the 10th. We've made it an absolutely free conference. We want to see you there. You can register for free at southeastworship.com and come be a part of it with us. It's going to be 17 free sessions from Tuesday through Friday, May 7 through 10. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. We've got people coming from all over the United States, some from other countries. And uh, on the Friday night, we're recording a live album. I'm getting so pumped up for it. It's going to be amazing. And I want to see you there. So once again, register for free, southeastworship.com. I hope to see you there. I love you guys. Listen, till next week, don't forget, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. I'll talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.